To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast Special Edition episode. We are continuing our coverage of fantasy football. We appreciate the support on the previous fantasy football episode where we covered running backs and wide receivers. So go check that out. It's the last episode that we recorded. And we're just trying to get you ready for this 2021 fantasy football season. Ramon, I had my first draft last night. I showed you the results. Absolutely killed it. It was my little preseason run before we get to my leagues, to our leagues that we share. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, we want to just thank you for the support. Make sure that you're following o, uh, P&A Benchwarmers at O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, as well, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way, when we drop dope content like this, you will receive it on your, a notification on your phone that we have released it. And you can go ahead and check that out. Again, we covered wide receivers and running backs, which are also are so important to your fantasy team. And this episode, we're going to cover tight ends and quarterbacks that you should be targeting. We'll go through a list of 10 like we did last episode. And we also deliver a sleeper to you. And we'll try to add in some tips like we did last episode. Uh, Ramon, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing well, bro. Uh, doing well. Glad that, you know, on this end, we were kind of talking before the podcast, you know, about how we kind of made it safely through this storm and didn't have too many impacts. Uh, so I just want to, you know, say, you know, shout out to uh, those people who are still dealing with uh, issues and complications from the storm. You are in our prayers. We are thinking about you um, and all of that. But today has been a pretty good day for me. Honestly, you did show me that draft. Uh, I'm not going to talk about what we talked about offline. Uh, as it relates to that draft, but I am going to be interested to see you Saturday because, you know, we got a big one rolling Saturday. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see if that draft turns out the same way on that day. Ramon, I got two drafts Saturday. Our draft is at 1 p.m. And then my next draft is at 2.30. So they run into each other. So I'm going to be really drafting for three straight hours. But, you know, I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. Uh, my companion, my girlfriend, she <laughs> – I'm sure she'll be uh, elated on that day, but we're going to make it special. <laughs> we're going to make it special. She, we have an arrangement. She understands. <laughs> but, hey, yeah. um, I'm happy to be back recording with you uh, again. I introduced myself as Rob, as I always try to do. I, I've been doing a poor job of introducing myself, but that's because I'm selfless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I see you. I see we, you, bro. Yeah, we're going we gonna to jump into it, man. I, I think that you kind of saw what my mindset was in my previous draft. Um, I think that it brought me to this, uh, just starting off with tips, man, is take the best available. You know, that that's the name of the game. Yeah. That's the name of the game. Um, if you're going to be drafting, just take the best available. Uh, sometimes we have we all have our favorite names that we like to to talk to kind of target. But at the same time, I mean, hey, look. You know, in this draft, I took three running backs in the first three rounds. You think I wanted to take three running backs in the first three rounds? No, but they were the best value at those spots. So that's the best advice I can kind of give. And that's kind of like my my moment of advice that I could give to our fellow fantasy listeners here. Yeah, no, same. You know, we were talking about that last week, you know, and I echo those same sentiments that when it comes to drafts for me, I'm taking best available. And honestly, as it's been over these last couple of years, I really have run fewer and fewer mocks. Like, I feel like when I first started fantasy football in the early years, 
man, I was going mock heavy. I'm mocking for months, mocking for weeks. Um, and, and once you just get used to how things go, get used to how things kind of fall, you know, I'm not telling you to not run any mocks. It's still important to run some mocks before you actually do have the draft to just kind of, you know, have a, a thought of where guys are typically falling. But I found myself in years past when I was so mock heavy and so mock focused that when one thing went wrong in the draft, the two things went wrong or this guy went around earlier than I expected it, then it kind of flustered me. Um, so now I just kind of honestly chill, kind of almost see what value comes to me in a sense. And when that value comes to you, like you said, just in your draft that you had, um, you saw that the the best value that was available was you taking three running backs in a row. Um, and that's what you needed to do. You know, some people have been like, OK, well, no, I got to get my wide receiver one right now or I got to go ahead and address all of this, man. Those positions, those positions are going to get filled for you. Take that best talent that's available, especially early off in that draft, especially early off. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, in those first five or six rounds, you're picking your starters. So it's very, very important that you get those right. You know, you don't have time to you don't have time to plan out your roster. You know, that's for the later rounds to fill out your roster if you need to address a position. Uh, But ultimately, like you say, Ramon, I've been, I ain't gonna lie to you. I've been running a lot of mocks just because I like to see what's gonna fall. Like I want to see the potential of what I can get. But again, in those mocks, I'm taking best available. So I'm getting variations of what it is and variations of what I could get at that position. But I'm not, again, I'm not stuck on a player. Now I'm not gonna lie for, for, uh, I guess, um, competition purposes, I won't tell you, but there are players that I, that I do plan to target. But again, if that selling price is is higher for my blood, hey, mm-hmm. look, if you take him higher than what I feel like he's valued at, hey, have at it. You hey, know? Bro, hey, bro, this is for the listeners. This isn't for me. So, you know, if you got to <laughs> let them know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> this is what hey, I, they, this they, is. They, they, I think I was very, I was cryptic, but they get what I'm saying. Man. I think yeah, they get what just I'm let saying. them know, bro. I'm just happy to be a bystander as well. I'm just a listener too. But it felt good to just get a get my first draft out of the way. That's that's one out of six. I saw I got five more to go. I got two on Saturday, which is our beloved OB podcast fantasy league that we've been running for some years. Uh, but you know, it's been running before the podcast, but we changed it to OB podcast league draft. So uh it, it's a fun, it's a fun league. It's 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 one of my favorite leagues that I participate in. It is my favorite league. It's Healthy competition. Yeah. Um, you have to be on your stuff. One mistake, yeah, on a pick could be your season. That's how. That's how. That's how much these guys know their stuff. We've had we've had participants on this podcast before to vouch for it. Um, it, it it's a tough league, but it's one that I enjoy. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling. I mean, rolling with these tips. If some tips come to you, Ramon, you know, share them like we always do. But we're going to get into these tight ends. Um, before we get into these tight tight ends, I kind of want to – I, I kind of – I'm interested in to know your approach to a tight end because there are two different approaches, as we know, is that some guys value these tight ends uh, highly and pick them in earlier rounds, uh, which can really set you back in filling out a roster, and it can set you back in targeting value and missing out on some value out there. Uh, but um, – then, then secondly, some guys are, are really lenient with the tight end. You know, they feel like it's a rather deep position um, and they feel like they can wait into the, the later rounds to grab one. Uh, what do you what, what do you sit on that side of the fence? Uh, so as it relates to me for tight ends, um, I value the top guys, honestly, really highly uh, from a draft approach standpoint. I think that tight ends can be one of the biggest differentiators um, of teams you know when you look at a lot of teams you know you may have comparable rb1s to the other guy rb2s but there's a big difference between you having travis kelsey and me just throwing a name out there you know you have an eric ebron like there's a sizable <laughs> difference there mm-hmm. and so this can be a difference maker with your team because of course you're going to have to start a tight end so to me i don't see a problem with targeting one of those top end guys early. Now, to me, once you've gotten and we'll go through our list 
to me, once you've gotten past probably the big three on my list, maybe potentially even the fourth one, then I would consider waiting on a tight end at that point. Um, but for me, if I can go out there and if I can get one of those top two or three guys that are big time difference makers to where I might be getting 18 to 20 points from my tight end and you're only able to get eight to 10 points from your tight end week in and week out, that gives me a 10 point difference off top. So my thing, you can get one of the top guys. It's no problem in targeting it early. Now, once those top guys go, then don't go and reach for a tight end at that point. You can wait for value to fall to you. And Ramon, I, I kind of fall on the other side of the fence. Uh, I do agree with, with, with whatever you said. We're going to get into our top 10 tight ends, and this conversation is going to come up again about tiers and talent of this specific position. And we're going to get into the stats that proves that some of these tight ends are, are really putting up numbers that are comparable to a wide receiver two. And in some, in one case, a wide receiver one. Yeah. So um, in that case, I do agree, but with me, I, I mean, I'm, I follow another side. I, I mean, conventionally I've won championship uh, in fantasy leagues and I, I find that really, I, I, I choose to wait on tight ends and, you know, it's kind of like I, I kind of mimic what you said is that if I, if I can't get that top guy, then I'm, I'm really going to wait. And, you know, top two guy, really, I'm, I'm going to wait on that. And there's a there's a third guy in that I think will be up there. Honestly, we're going to get into the list in a second. But, you know, I, I really feel like I, I like to wait on them, you know, into those later rounds, because I, I really feel like if I can get maybe um, 10 to 15 a week from a tight end then I'm good. You know, um, I think that the rest of my roster can, can make up for that difference. Uh, and in that, so I, I do, I follow another side of the fence. I usually like to wait on tight ends because I just really don't like how my roster look when I take a tight end in the second round. I really don't like how it feels out. Um, but in some cases, like you said, I mean, it, if it's one of these guys, we're going to get into this list. If it's one of these guys, I mean, I definitely, one or two of these guys that I definitely feel like uh, should be um, in the, in that, in that, in that company, in that top company that's worth you taking in that first, second round. So um, we're going to get into it. Um, tight ends, however you feel to go take that advice. How do you feel? I know everybody has their preference for beginners. And when you're listening to us, you may through experience figure out which side of the list that you like to fall um, we're going to get into this list. I start off at number one. Ramon, no surprise here. Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Man, 105 targets last year. So he's clearly the focal point of an offense. I'm sorry, uh, 145 targets yeah. from last year. Check this out. So the difference between the, the, the tight end 10 that finished last year and Jimmy Graham and him in targets. Travis Kelsey had 145 targets. Uh, Jimmy Graham finished as a 10th tight end, finished with 76 targets, bro. Like, that's yeah, the difference. That's a word of a difference. You know, uh, he finished with 1,400 receiving yards. There, there's some wide receivers that's not putting up those types of numbers. And, you know, he finished with 105 receptions, 11 touchdowns. Travis is a, is a monster, bro. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, he's one of those guys that, like I said, he's a difference maker. When you look at Travis Kelsey, he, to me, is the ultimate difference maker in fantasy. He is. Because he is, he, you're literally drafting a wide receiver one when you draft Travis Kelsey exactly. at the tight end position. Right. Uh, when you look at last year, there were only two, only two wide receivers that averaged more points per game than Travis Kelsey. And that was Devontae Adams and his teammate Tyreek Hill. He, even from a point-per-game perspective, actually averaged more points than Stephon Diggs. Now, Diggs did play, I think, an additional game that allowed him to have more total points for the season. But as far as rankings-wise, if you look at average per game, Travis Kelsey would have finished as the number three wide receiver last year in fantasy football. Um, so when you look at a guy like that, he's just a complete difference maker. Um, he's one of, of course, obviously a, a safety net for one guy that I'm pretty sure that we're going to have high on our QB list. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, the production that's going to be there from Travis Kelsey. And so he's a guy that definitely 
if I have a chance to take Travis Kelsey, just like I did last year, uh, rest assured that he will be on my team if I get a chance. Oh, for sure. I, I think that Travis on this tight end list is in another stratosphere, guys. So when we stand the rest of these nine through, I mean, I'm sorry, the, this, the rest of this uh, two through nine, Travis Kelsey is on another level. These guys aren't on that stratosphere. And I agree with you. Travis Kelsey is actually my only exception of taking a tight end early in, yep. in early in early rounds. He's my only exception. If I'm in the late first round and I'm looking for my number one pick, it's Travis Kelsey. If I'm in the 12-team league and I have the 11th or 12th pick or even the 10th pick, best available is Travis Kelsey, you know, around that round. I see you looking at me kind of. Kind of, kind of no, funny. No, I'm just messing with you because you know I'm on the back end of our. Uh, of oh. my... <laughs> so I'm giving you advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm on the back end. Man, so I actually look, got man. that 12 pick. So you know, keep yeah. keep talking, bro. Keep Give talking, you something you know? to think about. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's my tight end one. We both agree. Again, we want to preface this before that we didn't convene before our list, and I think that it worked out last episode. It brought some great content. So. Yeah. These are me and Ram- Rob and Ramon's separate lists, yep. you know, and, you know, we just so happen to agree from time to time. All right. So the next one, man, I was conflicted because Darren Waller and George Killer- Kittle to me is 2A, 2B, bro. Yeah. I feel like you I can't agree. go wrong with either one at that two spot. But for the sake, I'll give the nod to Waller because George Kittle, of course, didn't finish last year and he does have a history of injuries. So I'm going to go Darren Waller here um, again, man. Shoot, 145 targets. I mean, that's all you can ask for for a tight end, which points to the fact that he's the focal point of that offense. Uh, 107 receptions. That's even more receptions than Kelsey. He finished with 1,196 yards, which is a great 11 yards per per reception. I mean, he's just – he's phenomenal. Um, I, I think it's the most frustrating thing. He, he really is the – the the Raiders wide receiver one. I mean, he really is. And it, it was just so aggravating watching him because I'm like, he just it just seemed like Ramon, correct me if I'm wrong, he just came out of nowhere uh, yeah. last year. Yeah, and, I agree. And he's been a journeyman for the early part of his career, and he's found a home in Las Vegas. And the thing about John Gruden, he's very, very old school, and he loves old school offense, and he loves his tight end. And Derek, David Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Carr, he loves his tight end, and that's his safety net, like you said, that Patrick Mahomes has his safety net. You can't go wrong with Darren Waller, uh, and that's my tight end, too. And he finished as a tight end, too, last year. Yeah, uh, I actually it's crazy. We're two for two right now. Uh, wow. This is the, the longest that we've agreed on a list. <laughs> yeah. We normally break down within the first two. Picks. It should get interesting. Uh, uh, it's, right. it's going to get interesting. I, I believe that our first three will be the same. I think our first three will be the same. Uh, but <laughs> well, I you know have, my third. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So I have Darren Waller for the same reasons that you have him. Like you said, just for the total production, uh, the availability standpoint, that's to me what differentiates him from George Kittle. But honestly, even too, when you look at it, like you talked about him finishing tight end too, even from a, a per game aspect, he was tight end too as well. Uh, so he's a tight end that's giving you uh, in most leagues and PPR leagues over 17 points per game. When you're getting 17 a week from your tight end position, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and I think that he's just going to kind of continue that trend going into this season. I can't really see who's going to come now and take a lot of those targets away from him. So I agree with you. You yeah. you pretty much said it all, and we can move on to number three, honestly. Yeah, they didn't have much to take away from him. <laughs> and that old school offense, <laughs> right. John likes to run. All right, so the second, the third, I got George Kittle, like I mentioned, and for reasons that you could probably say yourself. I mean, he didn't finish last year, but prior to that, I mean, he was a monster. And, you know, we know what George Kittle can do, can flat out play and flat out take over a game and he's in an offense that that's very run heavy. So he's in an offense where the tight end is it, it can easily slip out and catch some catch some balls. He is the focal point of that offense, man. George Kittle tight end three. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you there. George Kittle, tight end three. He's finished, I think, as a top three tight end from a point per game perspective mm -hmm. uh, since 2018. So when you look at that, you know, aspect of, of those several seasons coming over, I expected that to follow over, honestly, in this season. Um, especially, too, if you end up seeing someone like a Trey Lance eventually take over that position, that tight end is normally that safety net there. And uh, we know that George Kittle is just one of the best in the business. So I think he's a clear uh, tight end three here, whether you have him second or third on your list. Not yeah. a huge difference. Between it's tomato, and, tomato. To right. Um, but I think it's I think it's clear that, you know, he belongs in that top three group. And that's what he's been, like I said, since 2018 in fantasy football. And, and that's my thing. I think that we're in this next tier, and I think you can't go wrong with with going Darren Waller or George Kittle there. I think that they're interchangeable at that spot. But for the sake of the list, of course, we had to, you know, make them two and three. Uh, we, we're getting to the three now. I think we might break off here. I'm going with a guy that finished tight end five last year, uh, but I expect him to be. I expect him to finish tight end three easily. Um, I don't tight end four, huh? I'm sorry. Yeah, tight end four. My bad. I'm tripping, tripping. Tight end four. Uh, he finished tight end five last year, but I, I mean, I think he, you know, when you mentioned those guys, I think he, he's battling for that Darren Waller spot. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead, T.J. Hawkinson for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Ramon, uh, I'm expecting a big year from this guy. Uh, no more uh, Galladay. No more Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Uh, to take away targets from him. They really don't have anybody really to throw the ball to out there. They have some rookies that I, I like uh, out there, and um, they got Terrell Williams, uh, who's a decent receiver out there. But, I mean, when, when you think about where this ball is going to go, I think that T.J. Hawkinson is, is looking to to get it. I mean, uh, the Lions recently hired one of our assistants as their head coach, and um, he's seen some great tight end play throughout his career under Sean Payton with uh, – with Jimmy Graham, and you know, we 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 definitely know how to get tight ends open. So I'm expecting TJ to get a lot of, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of love, man. He got 101 targets last year. Um, I think that that will probably be around where he'll probably end up this year. Um, I think that he'll be heavily targeted, and that's why I feel like his usage will be up there. So that's why I got him as my tight end for. Gotcha. I respect it. Uh, he's not too much further down my list, but I don't have him as tight end four. Uh, actually, my tight end four that I have is I wrestle with going back and forth with this, but I'm going to stick with my initial mind and I'm going to still go with uh, Mark Andrews sitting there at tight end four. Mm. And um, Mark Andrews, he's a guy that over the last two years, 2019 and 2020, has finished as a uh, top five tight end in fantasy mm. football. Uh, you look at him to me being still Lamar Jackson's number one uh, weapon, honestly, in that offense. You have heard the reports all offseason that they want to focus on airing it out more. They want to focus on the passing game a little bit more with Lamar Jackson. And you've seen the injury that, you know, J.K. Dobbins sustained that even to me airs to that even more. You know, there's no one really special, honestly, in that backfield at this point for you to just exclusively lean on that run game outside of Lamar Jackson. So I do believe that they will try to air it out more in a sense which to me, um, you know, I'm looking at Mark Andrews being a, a very solid red zone target. I'm looking at him, you know, last season having 88 targets. And I think that that number could get more to that hundred threshold this season, even yeah. in some of the. Keep it coming. Yeah, keep it coming. Mark, my I traded for my dynasty. Lead. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm thinking about that. As, actually, I have Mark Andrews as tight end eight now that you just said that. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just messing with you. But um, but yeah, I think that those targets could increase because even what they brought in over the offseason, um, you know, I we haven't really seen Rashad Bateman take a step forward. I know that he's even on, I think, the COVID list or something right mm -hmm. now. Um, uh, so I haven't really seen like where these catchers, these pass catchers that they brought in on the offseason will take away from Mark Andrews. And if they are serious about Lamar taking it to the next level as a passer. I believe that Mark Andrews actually has a chance to improve on his numbers. Seven touchdowns last season, man. Seven yep. touchdowns. And like we saw, they say the name of the game is touchdowns. How many touchdowns your player going to get? Seven touchdowns. I, I love that number. Yep. Um, I love Mark Andrews. Uh, again, uh, we flip flop there, Ramon. Um, he's, he's my number five. Okay. Uh, so 
you know, for reasons that you just said, uh, we can we can move on, man. You covered him really, really well. Uh, like I always say, that's Lamar Jackson's guy. That's his yep. safety blanket. He loves some him, some Mark Andrews. Trust me, I know. I had Hollywood Brown last year, and when Hollywood Brown was on the field, I'm like, throw the ball to <laughs> Hollywood Brown. Stop throwing it to Mark Andrews. So right, but, right. Hey, look, it works. All right, so tight end, where we at? So I guess I'll go ahead and get my tight end five. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So my tight end five. Keeping you again. Sorry. Nah, no, 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 Nah, yeah, nah. I, I, I went back and forth between Pitts and Andrews, but uh-huh. what I do think is that it may take Pitts just a little bit time, a little, a little bit of time to adjust. <laughs> like I believe he'll get rolling as the season goes along, whereas you already know from day one what you have in Mark Andrews. Um, so but it 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 could it could go back and forth. But when I look at Kyle Pitts, one of the major things that I look at is the targets that have been vacated by Julio Jones. You look at a guy that's probably, you know, when when Julio was healthy, I think had about 100 or so targets. Um, we know that he missed some time last year, but those targets are available. He kind of almost fits that natural role, you know, that Julio could have from him being, you know, really a, a very athletic tight end. He's almost just like a big wide receiver in a sense. Um, I believe that he's going to honestly be a matchup nightmare in that offense. And right now, when you look from a pass catching standpoint, you know, you have Calvin Ridley. Um, of course, we respect the LSU product and Russell Gage. But like, what else do you have there for Matt Ryan to throw to? Yeah. So I think he's in for a big rookie season and uh, he sits at my tight end five. OK, all right. We're going to keep doing this flip flopping game. Uh, I got him as my tight end six. So, uh, I mean, for reasons that you named, uh, you covered it great. I'm going to move on. Get your tight end six. Uh, My tight end six is TJ Hawkinson, and you already covered that. So, (laughs) (laughs) shout out. We already covered each other. Yeah, right, right. So, all right, tight end seven, man. I got uh, Logan Thomas here. Logan Thomas with the Washington football team. Yeah, I see you nodding, so you must got him too. Yeah. Man, get it to Logan, man. Take it away. Yeah, uh, Logan Thomas, uh, when you look at Logan Thomas and you look at his production, even just speaking specifically about uh, last year, you look at him finishing as a tight end three in fantasy football. Uh, You look at his points he had, when you look at typical tight end production, like we've talked about the upper echelon and the top tier, but you look at a guy uh, with 72 receptions, 670 yards, um, and looking at, you know, even his averages over the season, him giving you week in and week out 11 points at the tight end position, that's value at tight end. Now, it's not going to sound the greatest to the listeners when you're hearing, OK, a guy giving me 11 points right. a week. But when you're talking about a tight end getting double digit pr- uh, production mm-hmm. week in and week out, um, that's excellent production. So when you even look at that Washington offense is once again, that availability of targets there. We know that we got scary Terry over there and then Logan Thomas to me, like who else is going to get more targets besides scary Terry than Logan Thomas in that offense. Yeah, man. To piggyback off your point, which is, which was a great one. I mean, Logan Thomas, you know, to finish 11 points per game last year, it's like it, it points to my point because you got a guy like Logan Thomas who wasn't – he's heavily touted now. You know, like you say, he finished a tight end. I got him finishing as a tight end four, but that's tomato-tomato in PPR leagues. But, you know, you look at a guy that was targeted 110 times. We know who his quarterback is now, Fitzpatrick, who loves to conventionally just watching him over the years. Just like McLaurin, I have him having a big year this year. But when he finds a talented guy, he – targets them he force feeds them and you know logan is gonna be that guy this year i think that he's gonna take another step forward but to your point ramon like you said he's giving you 11 11 fancy points if i can get that last year you could pick logan thomas up off waiver why yeah if not draft him super late if you're on top of your homework and you reading the camp reports and you're on top of, you probably could have got him in, in in the 12th round somewhere late i'm sure of it so yeah. that that's kind of why I like to wait for 
tight ends. That kind of points to my point, but that was a good point. We'll move on from that. Um, also, you know, just keep in mind, Logan Thomas finished with six touchdowns. I like that. Yeah, I like yep. that a lot. All right, so uh, eight, man. I got Noah Fun. Are we agreeing again? It's crazy that we agree so much. Take it away, bro. Take All it right. Away. All right, he didn't have any receiving touchdowns last year, but hear me out. <laughs> you know, he, there's a new quarterback in town, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he was targeted 93 times. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like Teddy is a good quarterback. I feel like he needs time, but I feel like Noah Fan is an ultra-talented guy. Uh, the Broncos have been waiting for him to emerge for some time. He finished with 673 receiving yards last year and 62 receptions. Um, and he uh, he gave you 10 fantasy points a game so last year. So I mean, I, I, he's a suitable guy. Uh, he's one of those guys that you can get in the in the mid mid I think mid rounds now because he's a little you know he, he's getting a name for himself now. But uh, again, a great tight end. Um, I'm expecting him to take another leap forward, uh, and I think that he's a he's a serious weapon that Bridgewater will take advantage of. Yeah, I agree for all the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, I think that he can still be a focal point in that offense. Uh, one thing that does worry me just a little bit with him is, you know, Cortland Sutton coming back and his presence. I know Cortland Sutton is a wide receiver, mm-hmm. but obviously that's going to take some targets yeah. um, there. And if potentially, you know, Jerry Judy taking a step forward, that's the only – those are the things that concern me a little bit. But I still think that from a tight end perspective, he'll be – you know, he's, he's definitely playing it in that top ten of tight end. So I agree with you right there. Okay. All right. So we both agree on tight end eight. We can move to tight end nine. I think we're going to uh, disagree on this one. But I got Dallas Goddard. At, at nine um the the zach Ertz situation kind of bothers me because i feel like zach Ertz would have been moved by now so i mean i was i think i was higher on dallas goder probably you know earlier in the offseason but now that i see zach Ertz, it's looking like he'll be in an eagles uniform starting week one that will take away carries from dallas goddard but uh he was even despite um uh Ertz being out there. Dallas Goddard shined. And uh he was one of those guys that when he was coming into the league on our draft episode, that was one of the guys that was high on our tight end list. Ultra talented guy. Um and I mean I think he sits there at nine for me, man. Um I think that uh but Ertz he he bothers me just being there. Um you know he finished with uh three touchdowns last year and, and 46 receptions. Um, but I think clearly, I think maybe he is. I think he is the better tight end in in Philly. So I, I'm expecting him to have another good year. Yeah, he he's the better tight end, the younger tight end. Uh, but like you said, that situation with Ertz does scare me. That's actually what even seeing some of those recent reports is what actually dropped him out of my uh, top ten as it relates to tight ends. Um, but the guy that I actually have sitting there in that nine spot is uh robert tanyan um out of uh green bay uh i believe that this is an opportunity for him to still have a really solid season uh we know Devonte adams is wide receiver one over there is going to get a ton of targets we know what aaron jones is going to do in the running game but you know if aaron Rodgers is able to i don't believe he'll have the same season he had last year but a rod is still a rod he's still gonna have a big year he got kind of a chip on his shoulder still and this is the last dance and um, all the reports, you know, out of the camp, out of Green Bay camp is that Tanyan has looked like pretty dominant at that position. And when you look and say, you know, that touchdowns are the name of the game in fantasy football, he had 11 of them last year. Um, so you look at a guy that was a top five uh, tight end in fantasy football, when you get 11 touchdowns from the tight end position uh, yeah. to just finish it off. He was a, a efficient with his targets. He got 59 targets. He turned those 59 targets into 52 receptions. That's crazy. So, yeah. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. And he played in all 16. Yeah, that is, yes. That is crazy. So, man. he's a guy that honestly. Look, look, Ramon, I'll add on to something. Yeah. I'll let you continue. Yeah. Guess who's the other tight end that had 11 touchdowns? Just uh, Travis Kelsey. What? Man, this dude had just as many touchdowns as the tight end that we said is in another stratosphere. So, that's crazy. Go, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, definitely. So, uh, that's what has him firmly planted in my type in my top 10 um, at that nine spot. 
he could rise up, honestly, on the charts, on the list. Uh, but still looking at, you know, although he was super efficient, is can you have that same efficiency every year? You know, with yeah. just having 59 targets to turn it into the season that he had, it's kind of yeah. unbelievable. So can he still yeah. produce at that level if the targets stay around the same is my only question for him. Yeah, because 59 targets, when you look at it, is, is he finishes a tight end three. He had half of the targets that – Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey had uh, just about had. So, yeah. I mean, it's, that's remarkable production. Uh, Robert Tunyon is a riser. And another fun fact, guess who Robert Tunyon's mentor is? George Kittle. Uh, okay, okay. So there are a oh, lot yeah. of comparisons between him and yeah. Robert Tunyon. And he's an ultra-talented guy, a young guy, and he's a baller. And I think that that is a reason that adds on to my case of why you can wait on a tight end because Robert Tunyon ADP is in the later round. So I, I think that you can get a, you can get a great tight end. Don't have to spend too much for him, but Hey, mm. do as you will. But that, that Robert Tunyon is my tight end team. So. Okay. Okay. He's a tight end team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Right. So, so my tight end 10, um, I battle with this with just a couple of different names. Uh, but ultimately, what I ended up resting and settling on is actually Tyler Higby uh, for the Rams. And um, that's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but the, the way that I the way that I look at it, the way I see him, honestly, is I look at the production, of course, that he had last year in which he was a top 10 tight end in fantasy football last year. Um, I know that you still do, of course, have the uh, production that's obviously coming from Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and what you're going to get from that. But I think that with Matthew Stafford over there, you could see their passing numbers to me take another step. And you look at a guy that was able to um, that it was able to feed your guy, TJ Hawkinson, that you mentioned earlier um, and turn TJ Hawkinson into a top five fantasy tight end. And so I do believe that there's a chance that uh, Tyler Higby can be a top 10 uh, tight end in fantasy football but of course that is with the precedent or with the the deal that pretty much like once you got to this point of tight ends you really are kind of grabbing a lower tier at that point yeah definitely so uh we're going to the sleeper phase of this segment um for the tight ends um i will let you go first man i'll let you go first give a sleeper tight end that you feel is will have a big huge year that is kind of flying under the radar Man, this is so tough because I, I don't I don't love the tight end position. I don't uh, to, to be honest. I don't really love the tight end position. Uh, but I, I'm back and forth, and it's so close. These guys are on the same team. And so I'm gonna give a two for one special. I know where you're going I, here. Yes. <laughs> so it's uh Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, I believe. I, I'm so I'm so like in a toss up with those two guys about what they can do for New England. I feel that they can uh, be productive in that offense. I feel that they can be um, there is to me no standout guys from a receiving standpoint from just a wide receiver. You know, you don't look at New England and say, OK, this wide receiver they has is a top 10 guy in the league. This guy's even a top 15 guy in the league. So I believe that you're going to see things um, even with Mac Jones stepping in and being the guy uh, spread around. So it's kind of almost two. which one of those guys can really stay healthy. If one of those guys can stay healthy, I think that they are somewhat of a sleeper at tight end and could be value for you a little bit later in the draft. Yeah, I knew he was going to go there. And, you know, it kind of – I looked at the list and I'm like, man, John New Smith had a phenomenal year last year. And uh, ultimately, of course, he ended up signing with New England – in um, the offseason, but I, I mean, when I saw Hunter Henry go there too, I'm like, okay, you know, but then I think about the Aaron Hernandez days, the Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski days. So the Patriots have proven that they can sustain an offense that gives healthy workloads to fantasy tight ends. Um, so I feel like they both can be fantasy relevant. Um, I mean, John, you can get him extremely late and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is currently injured, so I probably would aim for Jonu Smith. So Jonu Smith will definitely be getting a lot of targets early on in the season until Hunter Henry gets back. But I still feel like the workload will be even. Um, so I like that as a sleeper. Uh, I'm going to go to the opposite coast, and I'm going to go on the West Coast, and I'm going to pick Seattle 
the Seattle Seahawks and Gerald Everett. Um, of course, he would be competing for uh, for targets with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, of course. But I think that Gerald Everett has always been a talented guy. Uh, he was in, uh, ironically, he was in uh, L- with the Rams with Tyler Hickory. So that a lot of that was holding him back. He was completing for a lot of targets, but he is a talented guy. Uh, if I was to believe uh, their head coach and how he's been ranting and raving about Gerald Everett, I could expect that Russell Wilson plans to get him heavily involved in the offense, as well as Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson over the offseason said that he wants to air it out even more than he did last year. I almost made that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, if they're planning to air it out, somebody got to catch it. And Gerald Everett is an ever so talented tight end that could potentially be in line for a big year. We spent way more time on the tight ends than I expected, but here we are. Let's move through it. We should be able to flow through the quarterbacks. We will start with our QB1, um, which is in uh, is a lot like Travis Kelsey. He's in a stratosphere on his own, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, take it away, Ramon. I mean – you could go on for days yeah. about Patrick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Now, what I will say, I'm going to let the listeners know that I don't believe he's in the stratosphere on his own from a what? fantasy football perspective. I believe from a sheer just talent of who he is, yes. But from a fantasy football perspective, I believe that there is another guy or maybe two, definitely another guy that's in tier one with him. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, uh, we know best quarterback in the league. Uh, when you look at him last year, um, only finished behind technically Dak Prescott in the highest uh, points per game average for a QB with him giving you 25 points per game at that QB position. We do know that Dak was hampered by injuries. So we do know that Dak um, essentially only played five games. And so really it kind of makes Patrick Mahomes the leader in that category. Uh, when you look at a guy that, of course, gave you over 4,700 yards, 38 touchdowns to only six interceptions, so you're not facing that interception penalty too much with him, obviously, and still able to give you, you know, a little bit with his legs as well. Um, so when you look at Patrick Mahomes, you know, over 300 yards rushing as well. So he's really the guy that I still have pegged at that number one spot. I don't necessarily think that he's in a stratosphere on his own. I do think that there's another guy or two that's going to finish relatively close to him. And so you're going to hear that happen. But I'm going to let you go ahead and give your take on Patrick Mahomes, your guy who you have in a stratosphere of his own. Uh, you got you got a guy that's leading an offense with these tons of weapons and Travis Kelsey, who we mentioned earlier, and Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman is going to take a step forward and and the offense where Andy Reid loves to just throw that ball around, and then you got Clyde Edwards Lair. What more do you want? Um, I, I he's a very talented guy. Needless to say, he's the face of the league. Um, he's the he's on the cover of the new Madden, which I'm waiting on uh, Ramon to get the PS5 so I can uh you know wear him out in that Madden. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I mean he's an ultra talented guy, man. I, I don't think that. You know, there's nothing that you would want in a, in a quarterback more than Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's a guy that I've seen in some mocks going in the first round, uh, no no later than the early second round. So uh, he's a guy that everybody loves. And plus, come on, man, who 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 wouldn't want Patrick Mahomes on their fantasy team? I mean, he's just fun to watch, yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes QB one for me. Uh, he's your QB one as well. So. He's my QB one. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to QB two here. Uh, QB two, we probably will agree because you took him pretty earlier, pretty early in the draft last year, and that's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is somebody that can do it dually, and uh, he finished with 819 rushing yards last year, alongside 3,900 yards passing last year with to go with. 26 touchdowns. Uh, he did throw 12 interceptions. I don't really like that too much, but when you're throwing it 558 times, uh, it's going to happen, uh, especially when you're young, up and coming and developing. Uh, he finished as QB2 last year in PPR leagues. Uh, I mean, he can do it all, man. His main target is D-Hop. Um, but Kyler Murray, you know, he, he's supposed to show some improvement this year. So uh, he's my QB2. Um, I'm not high on QBs again. 
is whether you lie on the fence too, Ramon, which I didn't preface this. Tight ends and QBs alike. Do you wait on QBs typically or do you go get them? I've seen you draft, so I know the answer, but yeah, for the listeners, they don't know. So yeah, honestly, uh for me, it's I have kind of a similar approach to even as it relates to tight ends uh with QBs. But mm-hmm. I've more so in drafts kind of waited unless there's just a guy that just piques my mm-hmm. interest that it's like I can't pass up on this value. Even Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Even last year with Kyler, like I took him in the seventh round of our draft last wow, year. I thought you got him really. I got Kyler in the seventh round of our draft last year. That's why I, I, it was really hard yeah, for me to decide my him. keeper. Yeah, uh, take him. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he was sitting there with a lot of value, but. Honestly, you know, you, you've talked about Kyler. I actually have a different person that's sitting there at two. Um, okay. okay. So my so, guy that's sitting there at two is probably your guy that's sitting at three is Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, sir. Right. Yes, sir. So when I when I look at it, like I said, and when I look at, at QBs and look at the production, I mean, Josh Allen was the, the number one QB last year in fantasy football from a total point perspective. He did play. Uh, of course, an additional game that allowed him to get the edge over Patrick Mahomes with that. I did mention that points per game, Patrick Mahomes was ahead of him just to clear that up. But even when you look at that from the numbers, it's showing Patrick Mahomes finishing at 25 points per game. Uh, Josh Allen was at 24.8. So <laughs> he was right there around there. You look at a guy who uh, passed for over 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns through the air. Um, a guy that also had 420 rushing yards, so doing it with his legs as well, and eight rushing touchdowns. Mm. And when you look at those eight rushing touchdowns as a QB, that's when, of course, you get out of that just the four points for a touchdown to the six points for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what, to me, does have him from a fantasy perspective in Patrick Mahomes' tier. If we were just talking about who guys are naturally on the field, Pat Mahomes is completely by himself. But from a fantasy standpoint, I do believe that Josh Allen can be in that stratosphere. Yeah, well, you got well, – I mean, in ADPs and mocks, you can get Josh Allen in that in that late second round tier. So uh, if you're looking for, like you say, Ramon, I mean, he, he's very relevant in the rushing. And that's where his value comes from, those rushing touchdowns, because around the goal line – you know, it, Devin Singletary and, and and Zach Moss have been nothing short of pedestrian in Buffalo. So when you're looking at around the goal line, Josh Allen is getting a lot of goal line work where and oftentimes where, you know, in a, in a case like uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's handing it off down in the goal line. Josh Allen is taking it in himself. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of value there for him. Uh, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to argue with you about a QB two uh, in Josh Allen. Uh, and like you said, I got him at three. So we played the flip-flop game. So you can yeah. go ahead and get your QB three. Well, I don't have to talk too much longer. We played the flip-flop game as Kyler Murray. <laughs> you already <laughs> talked about him. <laughs> so okay. I don't have to give too many points on that. All right. So QB four, I got Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say about him. I mean, He's my franchise quarterback in my dynasty league, uh, but that's not important. Uh, a thousand rushing yards. I want to start there. A thousand rushing yards last year. That's what he finished with, and seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, he passed for uh, for twenty six, and he had nine nine picks. Um, he finished with twenty seven hundred passing yards. I would like to see that pick up a little bit. And what you mentioned earlier that they that the that the Ravens plan on airing it out a little more. Uh, he's ultra talented. Uh, he can add a, a, a lot of dynamic, uh, a lot of different avenues to the game. It's a lot of reasons of why he's valued. Um, you you want a dual threat? He's the best in the game, best in the business in that aspect. Um, he's Mike Vick reincarnated. Um, he's, he's he's just a talent man, and and you know just that rushing aspect of it, the fact that he can get you points, like Ramon mentioned, when that four points turn into six, you know, that's value. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson is definitely uh, my QB. Uh, what are we at? Three? Uh, QB four. QB four. Yeah, QB four. Yeah. Um. So the QB four spot, uh, I don't actually have your guy at QB four. I have him coming up very soon, so don't. 
Don't get too mad or upset over there. I ain't pick your franchise <laughs> hey, look, guys look, to number four. Look, we 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 starting to disagree now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We started to disagree. So at that five spot, I say let Russ cook, man. Uh I got four Russ, or five. At that four spot, my bad. I might have said yeah. five accidentally. Yeah. But at that four spot, uh, I gotta let Russ cook, man. Um, uh, you know, I think that this is a guy that gets slept on a lot in fantasy football yeah, for do. some he reason. Do. He do. He, people he do. just don't pay attention to the production that he has year in and year out. And he's typically always a top eight fantasy quarterback. And a lot of times has finished in the top five and people don't pay attention to it. Uh, but part of what you were even mentioning when you were talking about uh, Everett in our tight end segment uh, they're talking about letting Russell Wilson air it out, like letting mm-hmm. Russ cook. And Russ has already shown you that he can be a top five, a top eight type quarterback. If they're going to yeah. air it out and you got the weapons in DK Metcalf and you have Tyler Lockett and you have Gerald Everett, like you mentioned, um, I believe that this is an opportunity for Russ to have a really big time season. So that's why I have him sitting there at tight end and- four. And Ramon, I mean, when you think about early part of last season, he was in MVP talks. Yeah. You know, he finished with 40, 40 passing touchdowns last yeah. year. He doesn't give much value in the rushing aspect of it. He did finish with 513 yards, but, you know, he's not really taking off like he used to. But, man, he giving you 4,200 passing yards, which that's up there with the elite. That's up there with uh, who did win the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, who will mention, I'm sure, later down the list. Uh, with him finished with 4,200 passing yards and Aaron Rodgers finished with 48 touchdowns. So he only finished eight eight touchdowns short of Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, Russell Wilson did fall off toward the end of last season. He started off on fire, but, you know, toward the end of last season, he, he did kind of tanker off. But I'm with you there. I'm, I'm not mad at you having him as your QB uh, four there. And QB5, that's my QB5. Okay. Okay, so we actually flip-flop right there. So (laughs) the second consecutive time of flip-flopping, because I have your guy Lamar Jackson sitting there at QB5, is for a lot of the things that you echo. But even like I said, with J.K. Dobbins going down, that does to me two things for Lamar Jackson. One, they're talking about him airing it out more. So that gives more production there. Number Mm -hmm. two, somebody's going to have to fill that rushing, rushing void, and it's not going to be exclusively Russ Edwards and the guy, the Gus Edwards, my bad, and the guys behind him. That's going to be an uptick in rushing for Lamar as well. So, honestly, I'm talking myself almost into moving Lamar up, <laughs> but I'm going to stick with my initial list and having him at five, but yeah. it's for all of the sentiments that you shared as well. So, we can okay. definitely move on. All right. So, I got it. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers in our prior segment. I gave you the stats. He's your reigning 2020 NFL MVP. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, I think, like you mentioned, even ironically earlier in our other segment, you you think in the Robin Tunyon segment, you said that the guy will have a chip on his shoulder. He will. He's one of those athletes that has that mumble mentality, that old school mentality. You count me out. You drive my back up. I'm going to make you I'm going to make you pay for that. And that's what he did last year. They 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 uh, drafted Jordan Love. They said, OK. MVP season, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think even more this year with them playing with him this year and him not, you know, initially they didn't know if he was going to report the camp or not. I think that he plans on giving an encore performance his last year in Green Bay, which I predict. Um, I think he's going to have a phenomenal season just like he did last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We have the same guy sitting at there, the QB six position. For the sentiments that you shared, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the mama mentality and the fact that last year he actually averaged 24 fantasy points per game. So just a, just wow. an interesting nugget yeah, right there. Mama mentality, that. 24. Mama mentality, Shout out to man. Kobe, man. Um, yeah. But for all the sentiments that you shared, he, he's my QB6. Yep. So we'll move on. Justin Herbert, I have at my QB7. That is the reigning offensive rookie player of the year. He was my golden gem that I found in my dynasty league, drafted him late. Oh, a straight jewel. But I flipped him into uh, Lamar Jackson, so I'm not mad at that. But, I mean, Justin Herbert, man, he wasn't initially supposed to be starting, but because of some freak accident that happened with uh, – help me out with the name. Uh, you're talking about Tyrod Taylor. With so. Tyrod Taylor getting his lung puncture by the trainer when he was being uh, worked on. 
uh, allowed to open up the door for Justin Herbert last year, and he didn't look back. Uh, he finished with 4,300 passing, over 4,300 passing yards, 31 passing touchdowns, and he's valuable with his legs. He had five rushing touchdowns last year, uh, 234 rushing yards. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal young quarterback. I, I don't see him slowing down. I feel like he's going to continue to be great like he was uh, last year. Yeah, um, I like the guy as well. You hear me talk about him or maybe not talk about him as much uh, soon. But at that seventh slot, I actually went a little bit different here at this slot. And I have Dak Prescott at that seventh slot. Wow. Um, when I look at Dak Prescott, this is all predicated, obviously, on how healthy he ends up being. But mm -hmm. honestly, if I could say that I knew that Dak would be completely healthy, I would have him higher on this yeah, list from a fantasy standpoint. Five. Yeah, definitely. For um, sure. Yeah. Uh, when you look at Dak Prescott last year, before he went down, he was averaging 27.3 fantasy uh, points per game. That would have had him as the number one uh, QB in fantasy had that been placed over the duration of an entire season. Uh, he, he has weapons. That's the main thing that you can just say over there. He has weapons. When you look about, think about Amari Cooper, when you talk about your guy, C.D. Lamb, that we talked about off air, uh, when you look at Michael Gallup over there, you know, when you look at what he can still do with potentially getting the ball to Zeke out of the backfield, what he can do with his legs at times, you know, will he maybe be a little, little bit more hesitant with his legs this season because of what happened last year? Mm -hmm. That's something to be seen. But if that can be Dak, uh, he's definitely clearly in the top 10, and he sits at my number seven slot. He only played five games last year, one, and yep. still had 1,800 passing yards yep. and nine passing touchdowns. So imagine if he would have finished that year. He was having a phenomenal year. And we know traditionally if you have a poor defense, which I watched this Cowboys defense in the preseason, don't seem like they've gotten too much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that means that you have to have a quarterback that can sling it. You're going to be passing a lot. You're going to find yourself behind in games a lot. And, I mean, Dak stepped up to the task for those first five games. It's so unfortunate that we can see the finale of how that season will play out with him going on that pace. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at you having Dak. Dak is not actually not in my top ten. Uh, he is an honorable mention. It was a tough decision for me to make, but we got to keep going. So I'll give my QB eight. How you made that kind of sad over there? <laughs> It just kind of sounded like, like it was a violin that was supposed to play in the background. Because, man, that, <laughs> that, that, that injury was terrible. And then yeah. I'm watching the Hard Knocks, and they, how he, they opened up showing his scar and yeah. him talking about the injury, his brother committed suicide. Like, he just yeah. went through a lot last year. Man. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, So, um, my QB8, um, where we at? QB9? QB8. 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 Oh, I lied. Dak is in my top 10. But uh, my QB8 is Ryan Tannehill. I think wow. Ryan Tannehill, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, man, he's a sneaky sleeper quarterback. I mean, he could have been in my sleeper segment as a quarterback as well. I like uh, him. I like but uh, 3,800 passing yards, uh, uh, 33 touchdowns passing, which which is crazy because people are like, oh, the Titans, they just like to run through Derrick Henry. No, they passed the ball. Yeah. And they added Julio Jones, which has been regarded as the best receiver in the game, debatably, for years. Uh, now, we know that Julio can't stay healthy, but, you know, it's amazing how healthy guys can get when they're motivated in a, yeah. and get a change of scenery. But not only that, is that Ryan Tannehill is very, very valuable with his legs, man. Surprisingly, he finished with seven rushing touchdowns last year. So, I mean, that was good for a QB7 finish last year. So, Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys. I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna combo the segment, man. That's my sleeper, and he's in my he's in uh, my my QB eight, man. QB yeah, QB8. yeah, QB eight. No, that's a heck of a pick right there. Uh, honestly, you kind of almost kind of convinced me, but I'm not gonna change what I had my rankings in <laughs> before this Your segment. Pride won't let yeah, you. my pride won't let me change. But that was actually a good call out right there, bro. So shout out to y'all who's listening to the podcast and getting this, these nuggets, getting these dimes right now that's yeah. being dropped on you. Uh, but at QB8, I have a guy that you already talked about in Justin Herbert, so we don't have to rehash that too much. We know what the guy can do. You already covered him. All right. So number nine, I got Tom Brady. Uh, you can take it away, man. I'm not going to do it to you. I did it for Justin Herbert. I'm yeah. not going to do it. Let's talk yeah. about Tom, man. Right. So actually, I have Tom sitting at that number nine slot as well. We actually agree right there. 
Um, people always talk about Father Tom being undefeated, but Tom Brady is one that's challenging that kind of the <laughs> most between he and LeBron. Yeah, and sports, LeBron. <laughs> like they, 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 they making Father Tom think for a second. Like yeah. Father Tom, like this is a different kind of fight right here. Uh, but when you look at Tom Brady, when you look at him finishing as a top eight fantasy QB last mm-hmm. year, uh, you look at him still having 4,600 yards passing Crazy. last season with 40 touchdowns. Of course, he's not going to give you much, obviously, in the Russian aspect. <laughs> he, he's never been that guy. But he did give six Russian touchdowns. I uh, know. That's crazy. No, I, I take that back. Oh, Only three Russian three, touchdowns. Three, yeah. I take that back. That was six Russian yards. <laughs> <laughs> six man, Russian he the, yards he the, that he gave. Uh, he the uh, goal line king, man. Right, right. How efficient is that to get six Three touchdowns on six yards. Um, <laughs> but but once again, you look at the weapons that he has. That's the main thing for me is when I look at his weapons and when you look at Mike Evans, you look at Chris Godwin, you look at what Antonio Brown can still do, you look at Rob Gronkowski, you look at the fact that, okay, maybe I can get Leonard or Ronald Jones involved in the passing game. It's just like, you know, he got all the weapons there, and I still think that he'll be a top 10 fantasy QB even mm-hmm. at the advanced age that he is. And you're able to get him. I think he got ADP of the ninth or eighth round right now, which is nuts. You can get him late. And that plays into what I say every month. You can get some great value at these later positions. That's why I wait on quarterbacks. I, yeah. If you ain't Patrick Mahomes and I'm not late in the first round, I'm, I'm not considering a quarterback. And a quick nugget is what I would say, too. If you're in a dynasty league, I would consider – pairing Tom Brady with a young quarterback. You can get Tom Brady for great value in a dynasty league. You know, mm-hmm. I know that there are fewer dynasty players out there. We're talking to a lot of redraft players. But mm-hmm. in a dynasty league, people are going to be like, man, I'm not going to have any time with Tom Brady. So if you want to really contend in year one and then also stack that with a guy that you feel can develop, you know, over the next couple of years, that's not a bad strategy uh, for approaching Tom Brady in dynasty league mentioned i said dynasty league drafts yeah. that's not how you would draft him in a redraft league yeah well said brother so qb10 i got Dak for the reasons that you mentioned i feel like this defense is, hasn't really see they've drafted some guys they of course they drafted that linebacker uh michael parsons who's talented um but i, I really don't feel like they've made too many um additions to that and they just based on preseason, they didn't look too good. So I'm expecting Dak to sling that thing around again this year. And uh, if he's healthy, you got a significantly great um, quarterback, which he would be higher on my list if if he was healthy after a gruesome ankle injury. So um, go ahead, Ramon. What's your QB ten there, man? Uh, my QB ten um, is actually going to be Matthew Stafford. Uh, mm. I know that he had a little bit of a disappointing year last year. But when I look at what can be done with that Rams offense, when I look at years Mm -hmm. past, not last year, but years past, even some relevance that we even saw Jared Goff have in that Rams offense. So you look at Matthew Stafford coming in there. I feel that they'll air it out more. I feel that Sean McVay's playbook will be completely open now. He won't have to, you know, inhibit himself in any type of way and and try to do things to protect golf. And so I think that you can see a, a big year uh from Matthew Stafford in that Sean McVay offense with those weapons like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and uh even you didn't like my Tyler Higby pick but even Tyler Higby <laughs> surrounding as well uh so uh hats off I got Matthew Stafford sitting at that 10 spot I like it I like it so we'll get into the sleeper segment you listeners are in luck because I'm actually going to give another sleeper I gave one but I'll give a second sleeper just to be fair go ahead everybody. you can start it off I'll go first since you went first on the tight ends on the sleeper mm-hmm. segment. My sleeper quarterback this year who I'm expecting to be good is Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm expecting him to take another step forward. Uh, he ended – he started off kind of slow last year, but he ended that season pretty good. Um, he gets Odell back, uh, a highly motivated Odell, which will help him a bunch. He has a, a lot, a bunch of weapons there. He has Austin Hooper there. He has – um, um, Kareem Hunt. He has uh, Nick Chubb as well as um, Jarvis Landry, who's a PPR freaking monster. Uh, so, I mean, he has the weapons there. Uh, Cleveland Browns defense is good. So you're not going to have a lot of pressure on Baker uh, because the defense is good. So that means that he's going to be in a lot of games. 
and uh, the pressure won't really be on him uh, as much. So uh, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Again, you can get him late in rounds. Uh, another reason why you can wait in uh, in um, PPR leagues for your draft to, to draft you a, a decent QB1 there. Uh, but I think Baker Mayfield will be uh, have a good year this year. Yeah, no, I like that pick. I, I do think that Baker is a nice sleeper. Uh, my sleeper, the direction I'm going to go is actually Jalen Hurts. Um, I believe that Jalen Hurts has the opportunity to be a, a solid, very serviceable quarterback for you in fantasy football, partially from the standpoint that we mentioned of what it can really do for you with a quarterback that can do something with his legs. I believe that he's going to be a true dual threat guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to give you rushing yards, a guy that can be a rushing threat in uh, goal line situations within that offense. And um, if you really look at the last four games of the year where he like really kind of took over and took the reins and they really kind of gave it over to him, he averaged in that four game span 22.2 points in that span. Uh, That would have given him a top 10 finish in fantasy football last year as a QB if you put that over the course of an entire season. Um, So you're looking at a guy that showed relevance down the stretch last year. And I believe that now with him having a guy in Devontae Smith over there to have a true number one to go along with now Rager being able to play that number two role and you having um, uh, Quez that's playing that number three role over there, I believe that it gives him an opportunity to be a serviceable quarterback for you. I like it. I like that. I like that as a sleeper. Again, Ramon, I think we did it. We wrapped it up. We went through your tight ends that you should target in your 2021 fantasy football season PPR leagues of course we hope that you enjoyed it we appreciate you for sticking around um hey man good luck on your drafts man I got I got two this weekend so um I'm definitely gonna need all the luck I can get um I had my preseason my little preseason draft (laughs) right but yeah we looking forward to it um again uh, 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 uh this is the point of the year where we that we really enjoy um, we are, are just over a week away from, um, well, it'll be a week tomorrow. It's, we're eight days away while we're recording this. When this come out, it'll be less than a week until the NFL kickoff season and on Thursday, uh, so uh, on next Thursday. So, it, I mean, we're looking forward to it. Um, good luck with all your fantasy leagues. Um, hit us up on O underscore bench warmers. Uh, hopefully we can, maybe can get this posted so you can see who you should be targeting. Uh, we'll see, but we appreciate you for hanging around. Make sure that you're following O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you are subscribed, opinionated Benchwarmers on all of all of your podcast platforms where you like to listen to. Until next time, we're out of here.